Okay, yeah, go ahead and record. I like a little soft intro. Hi! Almost Modern Live, a podcast so butch, so mask. Almost Modern Live, a podcast. Are we surprised? No, but do we expect it? Yes. Recorded in front of a live studio audience. What? Like, maybe not. No. <laughs> was that as good for you as it was for me? Yeah, no. Well, hello again, Mr. Ryan, and welcome back. Our, hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Our little collaboration project for those local to the neighborhood here in Dallas. So maybe a more niche market than we normally speak to, but still just as important. Um, and why are we here doing this shindig again? Because it's a runoff. And while we have already had the wonderful chance to speak to one of the people running in the runoff election, um, which early voting is open now, um, and you can vote all the way up till 7 p.m. on Saturday, June 5th. Um, We are speaking to the other candidate, uh, Jesse Moreno today, who has been endorsed um, by Raha, who was on the podcast as well. Um, So I'm very excited for the chance to get to speak to him because he's one of the the big ones that we haven't had a chance to talk to yet. Right. And local politics are so important. And uh, to clarify, this is for District 2 only, as we discussed in our previous podcast, uh, Oaklawn, the neighborhood is split into two districts. Mm -hmm. District 14 was decided, and I actually don't know who won that off the top of my head. I'll look that up. But District 2 is in a runoff. And so we, like Tyler said, we have um, the other of the two candidates who is in play in that runoff. And he will be on just in a little bit here to discuss his positions as they affect his district which is a large part of the neighborhood here in Dallas, Texas. Yes, and to keep it absolutely fair, we are asking the same five questions, um, in essence, uh, that we asked the other two candidates that were on here. So after today, you should have everything you need or everything we think you need for an informed decision come election day. Um, I'll be voting tomorrow, Ryan. I I will most likely be voting tomorrow as well, if not certainly this week. And like Tyler said, the actual election day is Saturday, June 5th. The polls are open from 7 a.m. to 7 Mm p.m. And if you vote before then, you get an extra special Sunday fun day at Pride, knowing you did your best to preserve Oaklawn and its beautiful, thriving LGBTQ plus community. Absolutely. Absolutely. So earn your mimosas and make your voice heard. Um, I think if our generation learned anything is we all need to vote. So please vote and whatever you have the power to vote in. Um, And for those of you that are local, this one's for you. So if you're not local, I mean, you don't have to listen. Um, But, you know, it's always good to know what's going on in other necks of the woods. And you can see the questions that we're asking these candidates and think about your own local elections and wouldn't you want the same answers? So um, without further ado, we'll jump right into it. Welcome back, everyone. We are joined with um, District 2 candidate Jesse Moreno. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you for having me. 
Awesome. And she's back, Miss Raha Saadi. She has thrown her endorsement behind Jesse. So, of course, we wanted her here as well to talk through. Um, and like I said, we're going to be asking the same questions we went through previously. Um, Ryan is going to start us off here. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ryan. All right, let's get into it. So, Jesse. Uh, this podcast is called Homo's Modern Life. It's no secret that we are talking about LGBTQ plus issues. So the first question I have for you is in general, how do you support the LGBTQ plus community and what will you or have you done to support the community and what will you do as a city council member to help this community? Absolutely. Um, so I, um, I am a big, my wife and I are big allies um, and ways that we have contributed. Uh, first of all, my, I've been a Stonewall uh, Democrat member for about 10 years now. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, in the park, we, we all know that our public buildings are open to everybody, but do our buildings actually, are, are they actually welcoming? And so something that I did under my tenureship on the Dallas Park Board is I mandated our park staff management to go through uh, sensitivity training, making sure that people feel in, uh, inclusive while they are inside city buildings. Another effort that we did, we introduced the first Rainbow Rec Recreation Center within the rec at, at River Sean with the help of the Silver Pride um, organization uh, and, and make that really a, a truly welcoming um, recreation center for members of the LGBT community. Yeah, and so I will great. continue to advocate for that, uh, making sure I, I've worked with Mayor Pro Tem Medrano on the uh, unveiling of the official city pride flag that has the city crest, uh, participated on a number of events. I mean, pr pride is, is one of the, uh, uh, most fun uh, projects, uh, events that we can be part of it. Uh, like I said earlier, um, my wife and I have a three-year-old daughter and you know we wanna make sure that we're building a future, we're building a Dallas where she knows that this is a place for everybody. And, and to me, world-class guys, is when we were able to put in the crosswalks um, along uh, the strip. That's world-class to me, not these fancy bridges, but a place that really embraces cultural and diversity and welcomes everybody to the city of Dallas. To me, that's when we're truly a world-class city. Um, and so my commitment is to continue advocating for, for um, a place, a welcoming place for everyone in the city of Dallas, no matter their skin color, no matter their, uh, their sexual orientation, just a place that everybody is welcome here in Dallas. I want people to feel safe walking down sidewalks, holding hands with the person that they love, uh, and not being feel judged, kissing whoever they want in public spaces. Uh, to me, that's what really is uh, a great city where when we can have that. And so uh, mm -hmm. I, you have my commitment to continue advocating for, uh, for rights for everybody. Yeah. I, I love I'd that. love that. And as you mentioned the rainbow crosswalks, which we all love, and we mentioned it on the previous podcast, but that really gives Oakland its own sense of its, its district, its uniquehood. And, yeah. uh, you know, people come and visit really feels like it is the gayborhood now. It always has been, but it kind of feels more clear. Yeah. And so going along yeah. with that, Oakland is the heart of the Dallas LGBTQ plus com community. And yet the council districts run right through Cedar Springs and effectively cut that community in half. So what will you do as a city council member to give Oakland as a whole more political agency? Sure. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about redistricting first. So uh, redistricting <laughs> yes. happens every 10 years. Um, of course, uh, that goes off census data uh, and not necessarily by, we all know that districts two and 14 have grown substantially, especially district two. 
Unfortunately, we had a very low turnout on the census. So how that will impact uh, redistricting, I'm not sure. Um, city council members do not get to draw those lines, but we do get to approve or mm -hmm. send those back to uh, the redistricting committee. And so I I'm, you know, surveying the, the, the community, you know, what, what are the benefits? What are the cons of having uh, the line drawn, uh, drawn down the, uh, the middle of the strip? So on, you know, the advantage that I see and I've heard is that if it's under one council member and they happen to be completely anti-LGBTQ+, uh, then we're screwed, you know, because mm -hmm. we have no representation whatsoever. Uh, however, if it's split in two, you have the opportunity to have one, at least, you know, hopefully two council members that are going to be um, allies, if not someone from the community. Uh, but then there's also the possibility, which people feel that sometimes you're not paid attention enough to because it's just a small sliver uh, of a certain population. So I'm still trying to, to take in as much feedback as possible. Yeah. Uh, but what I plan to do, I um, mean, I've talked to Raha about this, is do, making sure that I'm visible in the community a lot more, uh, doing simple things like get, getting my, you know, going to the barbershop on the strip and, and letting people know, hey, I'm here uh, every first Monday. Feel free to just uh, jump in and um, and let, let us know what, what's happening. What are your issues? Or just to say hi, you know, stopping mm -hmm. by uh, Alexander's and, and, and for happy hour and just saying, you know, what, what's going on? And so making sure we're, we're visible, uh, that we're approachable and, and always accessible. Yep. I love that. I, I mean, love I, mentioned Alexander's because that's like the best place to watch debates <laughs> or just political discourse. I swear I always end up there. <laughs> yeah. And I love having uh, council members that are like, involved with everything. I actually go to spin class with um, Omar Navarez, I believe, who either is or is not. I know he's not my district, but I do see him in there quite a lot. So it's really, I, I think it speaks volume to be um, involved uh, directly in your community because you know what's happening. Um, but I, I'm kind of on the same boat with you too, is like, do I like that we're split and we have this power in two districts or do I want a larger voice? And honestly, I don't know right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to piggyback off of that. So I, I do have uh, council member uh, Omar Narvaez's uh, support and endorsement. Um, also because our district lines also touch along different uh, parts of uh, the Stimmons corridor. And yep. so it's important to have a relationship and to have um, support from those abutting uh, districts. I love that. It's like a, it's like a Disney alliance. Speaking like the birds chirping in the background, you're just like a Disney princess moment. <laughs> but um, to to kind of pivot to something that's less uh, Disney princess like, if you're <laughs> you're involved in the community, so you probably have heard. But there's been a horrific rise in violence against our trans brothers and sisters, both across the country and here at home in Dallas. As a member of city council, what will you do to help curb this violence and make Dallas a safe place for all of us, but especially the trans community? Right. So right now we only have one uh, liaison uh, officer assigned to the community and we need to oh. up that. We need to have multiple liaisons uh, that are addressing issues that are talking to the community that we're, that we're making sure that we are doing community policing and that we have buy-in from our community, making sure that we know it, it's safe to be able to approach officers when we're feeling harass when we feel that that you know something is going on 
um, making sure you have relationships to be able to, to talk to, uh, to the, to DPD. Um, and also, um, making sure our, our media outlets are, are covering these, um, these instances, you know, we, we had, uh, uh, the gentleman who, who, uh, you know, unfortunately we, we found a deceased who was over at, uh, leaving the, the gym in district two. Yes. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> didn't find his body until, until months, months later. And that's just, uh, very unfortunate, uh, that it happened, but also, but more unfortunate that it took us so long to, to discover his body, uh, and his, his remains and, and also working with families. You know, we, we have too many times, you know, we, we have, uh, instances where families say, no, you know, they weren't transgender. They, they were, it, it was a he. Uh, and so, you know, working with those pronouns and, and making sure that, uh, you know, we're basically bringing light to, to these issues and, and not trying to hide things under under the rug. Mm-hmm. And so I think police liaisons would, would probably um, really, really help with, the, with those community engagement pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of um, police members in general, a lot of the times they are called out for or called to assist in issues like um, the unhoused population. So that leads me to my next question. Dallas itself does have a pretty sizable unhoused population. What will you help do to help the support the unhoused community here in Dallas? Yeah, so uh, I am really excited about the Right Care uh, Act program that, that we're bringing in and making sure that, um, you know, we're asking our officers to do to do too much. Uh, we're asking them to to be social workers. We're asking them to be uh, code enforcers. And I really feel right now that we're going in the right direction, but it needs a lot of tweaking. For example, uh, when a mental, uh, there's a mental health disturbance call. Usually it's a family member saying, hey, my son or my brother um, is having a meltdown. You know, we need you to come out here and help us. They're calling for, for help assistance. They're not calling for to have their loved ones shot by police officers because they don't know how to handle the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're, we are now, you know, sending social workers and paramedics to these calls. Unfortunately, we're still seeing, sending a DPD officer um, on the scene. And I just don't think that's called for. Uh, we know that in, in parts of California, uh, it's working. They're just sending uh, social workers with paramedics to evaluate the situation. And, and obviously there's going to be time um, where there's weapons and you're just going to have to call uh, the police for backup, but that's what they should be there as, as backup, not as the, the first people, the first responders. Mm-hmm. I would also like to see a, a um, separate call number instead of 911. We, we need to have like a 211 or the 311. Yeah number that just caused this is specifically for uh addressing um uh a uh mental health case uh mm-hmm. also what, what i'll do and continue to do is uh council uh, mayor pro timidrano has allocated funding for our lgbtq plus community youth in particular mm-hmm. making sure that they have a safe place uh to be housed we all know that unfortunately a lot of families aren't embracive and inclusive and they for whatever reasons, choose to kick out teenagers or young adults from their house. Um, and so we need to make sure that they have a safe place and not necessarily uh, that we're putting them in um, in shelters that are, you know, with military uh, men who are, you know, 50 year, 50 plus year old. We need to make sure we have a safe place for, yeah. uh, for every population um, in the city of Dallas. Um, so I hope that answered the question. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, to kind of throw back to that other number, 
to call. Um, I was telling, I think Raha this uh, when I saw her, but the other night, like there was someone screaming for two and a half hours outside my window. And I was like, I really feel like someone should be called, but it's not a police thing. It's either someone going through a crisis or, you know, something else. Right. So, you know, when you see, or or even if you see a suspicious person, because you don't want to, you want to call because you're trying to help. But, and this is, this is me. You don't want to put them at risk. Right. I think, you know, we're, we're along the same lines here is that, you know, do we call 911 and put that person at risk is sometimes a scenario that we have to deal with. Yeah. Can I, can I add something real quick, just about something that I've talked about with Jesse, um, that, that I really liked, um, about this topic. Uh, you know, we, we, we have homeless shelters, we have temporary solutions for people experiencing homelessness. Um, and one thing, you know, and, and I'm sure, you know, Ryan will, will talk about this later, but, um, when I decided to, you know, put my faith in, in Jesse as a candidate, um, after I, I lost, um, you know, I asked him a number of questions. One of them was, you know, what, what are you going to do beyond just the temporary solutions that, that we have to, to the issue of homelessness? Um, and, and one thing that we really did see eye to eye on is, um, and, and this is coming from my background, but, you know, just human resources and, and how we can use people rather than just money um, to, to help, you know, to create more long-term sustainable solutions. And so we talked about the, um, the idea of having people, you know, people that are hired salaried by the city to provide, you know, um, vocational services, professional development services, uh, you know, financial services, any, anything that, you know, people experiencing homelessness, um, you know, need mental health services. Um, you know, I know that, you know, we, we know that medical, medical issues are kind of under the purview of the county versus the city, but that doesn't mean that we can't have, you know, someone, hired by the city um, to help with, you know, people experiencing homelessness in mental, mental health crises. Right. Um, so, you know, having human resources, um, you know, we, we have a lot of money to spend, um, you know, on issues regarding homelessness, on issues surrounding homelessness, but is it is it better spent on human resources or, you know, expanding, um, you know, things that kind of already exist? Yep, totally. And Jesse, I know that uh, we have, spending of your time already tonight, but we appreciate you being here. I do have one final question for you. This one always generates a little bit of interest from our listeners. It is about the rising costs of living in Dallas. Dallas has experienced a significant growth and housing costs as a result have skyrocketed over the past few years. So as a member of city council, what will you do to help curb uh, the rising costs to live here and increase the supply of affordable housing? Yeah, so that that's my number one issue, uh, not only as a district, issue, but a city of Dallas issue. You know, we're, we're seeing in the media right now that people are paying $300,000 over asking price, um, you know, 30% over asking price for, uh, for, for properties here in Dallas. Um, and it's just so difficult to find a, a home uh, that's feasible for just about anybody in, in, in Dallas. And so we, we have to do more uh, to address affordable housing. What my first priority is to make sure we protect the existing affordable housing that we have in place today, making sure that those uh, don't, you know, don't, uh, uh, 
we, we don't lose those affordable housing units. We want to make sure we protect those. And then secondly is expanding that. Um, on housing, I want to make sure, and, you know, this is really important to me, is uh, on our senior population, uh, people who have owned their homes for 20, 30 years, people who are in a fixed income, people who are no longer working, are paying more in mortgage, so excuse me, are paying more in property taxes than they did in, on their mortgage 20 years ago. Um, and so I want to make sure, first of all, that we can keep seniors in their homes. And my goal is that they would be able to pass those properties on to their children, grand- grandchildren, mm-hmm. and hopefully that builds generational wealth. And it gives people that leg up that a lot of our peers have that most people just don't. Um, and the home repair program, I think, is an excellent initiative that we need to expand uh, and make sure that more people are able to, to qualify for this. And, and that is where, let's say your property taxes are $2,000, $3,000 uh, annually. If you invest into your home, whether that's putting in a new HVAC system or a new roof or, or, or fix a running toilet, that those um, expenses go against your uh, appraisal. That way, you're not only are, are you fixing up your house, which we want you to live in, in, a, in, a, in a great environment and great conditions, uh, it, it improves the neighborhood, but it also makes people be able to stay in their homes. Yeah. Um, Another one uh, that we saw not too long ago with the efforts of uh, Dr. Elba Garcia was uh, leasing back county property at a very affordable rate so that developers can come in and offer truly um, affordable housing units. Right now in Dallas, the land alone is so expensive that it just makes it uh, unattainable for developers to put in uh, more affordable housing. And mm-hmm. so if there's land, the city owns land that the school district owns, you know, that was what big one, DISD administration building on Ross. When they decided to vacate the, uh, the Ross uh, old admin building and head north to a sky rise, um, the goal was to try to bring in affordable housing units. Unfortunately, that didn't pan out the way um, a lot of people had hoped. Um, but when developers are developing, um, there is a lot of opportunity when they're asking for more density um, that we say, okay, you know, we're going to give you some density, but you're going to have to put in a lot more affordable housing units in order to make this be a win-win for the city, the residents and the developer. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I mean, that's been my biggest concern is being priced out of a neighborhood. I feel so safe in, right. Like yeah. I moved here. I mean, it's an easy walk home. Uh, let's be honest. That is the biggest convenience, but also like, it's kind of what you said earlier. It's a place I can walk around and hold hands and, you know, wear something pink and colorful and not care. Um, so, you know, being able to be in an environment like this, I think is really important. Um, so thank you for that. Yeah. You know, um, if you find me, you know, uh, on the strip uh, multiple times um, a month, just because it's all it's all community uh, and, mm-hmm. and there's some really good bars and really good food yeah. as well <laughs> and strong drinks if you're into yeah. that if you like can I, can I just, sorry, add one yeah. more thing just because yeah, I think- no, I was gonna open the floor too. Cause like I said, you yeah. have endorsed Jesse. So why Jesse? So, well, <laughs> why Jesse, uh, you know, I admittedly, I will tell you, I, I came into it thinking that, you know, he has the endorsement of, of Adam Adrano who is the current council member for district two. Um, he has the endorsement of several, um, you know, local and state leaders 
Um, and, and frankly, I thought he was going to just kind of coast on the endorsements and support and votes and money that he has. Um, and, and I quickly learned throughout the campaign that he, that, that was not the case. He was working hard for it. He worked hard for it. I ran into him, you know, in the field, knocking on doors, um, and above all else, he is honest. He's consistent. Um, he's not someone that will flip-flop depending on who he's talking to. Um, he's steadfast in his, in his um, you know, uh, opinions and his convictions. And that is all that we ask for as constituents is just someone who is not you know, the, the quintessential politician who will say whatever you want to hear. Um, and, you know, him and I have had a lot of experiences in the campaign where the two of us have sort of been forced to bond over the fact that, you know, no one else is, is giving the people, the community, this level of honesty that they deserve other than us. And so, you know, it was really a no brainer for me, but make no mistake. Um, I sat him down for three hours beforehand and I asked him all the hard questions and made sure that he's someone I felt comfortable endorsing, that he gave me answers that, you know, I felt comfortable with. And one of those questions, you know, we've talked about a lot of issues. Um, you know, there's only so much we can cover in, in a short podcast, but, you know, um, police accountability, one of my big issues, um, you know, uh, the issue of homelessness, which we've talked a little bit about, um, but also, you know, I, I made the decision to buy property, to buy a home in Oakland because this is the community I value. This is the community I feel safe and comfortable in. Um, and I want to keep Oakland, Oakland. You know how they say like, keep Austin weird or whatever mm -hmm. the saying is. We need to also keep Oakland, Oakland. And what's, what's happening, um, you know, as we're seeing is, Oakland is becoming, you know, kind of corporatized in a little way and property developers are kind of given an unencumbered, unfettered right to do whatever they want and build whatever they want, wherever they want. And Dallas is just a very property friendly city. Um, you know, I, I met with one of the biggest property developers in the city to kind of help slow that down a little bit and, and keep kind of the culture and the history of Oakland. Um, of course, it didn't go my way. And so my question to, to Jesse was, what are you going to do to, to keep the, the history and the integrity um, of our neighborhood? Because if we just have property developers coming in and just profiting off of the land, it's no longer going to become the Oakland that, that we love and, and we feel, you know, we feel so passionate about. And, and um, so essentially my question was, will you stand up to developers? Will you require them to, um, to you know, attend homeowners association meetings, attend Oakland committee meetings, attend uh, neighborhood association meetings, because right now they're not. And there's no sort of check and balance where they're required to do that before getting in front of city council. And this is an issue that I've been facing for the last few months. And um, you know, they, they should not be able to skirt the voice of the community. Um, you know, this this person that, who I talked to said that they weren't invited to the Oakland committee to, to, to hear about the community's opinions, but that's just not the case. So there should be some sort of requirement, you know, that they that they hear the voices of the community, the people who, who these developments will affect because they live right there. And one of the things Jesse told me is that, you know, I've stood up to developers before and I will stand up to them, um, you know, again, time and time again, because it's if it's what the community needs, it's what I'll do. And so he has this focus on the community that I don't think, you know, I don't think the other candidate has. And, um, and, and I feel comfortable, um, you know, 
with, with him as our leader, you know, yeah. is today Monday? I feel like today has been so long, but yes, yeah. it's Monday. So today was the yeah. first day of early voting. Yes. And um, I unfortunately couldn't get to the polls today, but I will be there at 7 a.m. tomorrow. And I'm going to vote for Jesse because I know that he has our best interests in mind. He's not doing it for the seat. He's not doing it because he has a bunch of people around him telling him to do it. Um, he's not doing it because it's the logical next step and he just wants to do it. He's doing mm -hmm. it because he's passionate about the community and that's all we can ask for. Yep. I love, I love it. that. We're well, going to keep Oakland fabulous is what we're going to yes. do. <laughs> and, and you know, I'm a small business owner. And so what I really love about Dallas is the uniqueness, is the holes in the walls, the uh, entrepreneur uh, leadership that we have here in Dallas. Uh, I don't want to see, you know, uh, corporate takeover where we where we have um god i say it what chick-fil-a on the strip <laughs> right you know we don't want to see the, those businesses um on something that's so special to dallas you, you cannot replicate what we have uh, on the strip if you tried it would take years to to try to to replicate that it's just happened naturally and organic um two projects that i want to talk to about really really quick um, where I stood up to developers. One was uh, I, I fought tooth and nail to try to um, keep the name Oaklawn at Oaklawn Park rather than Turtle Creek. Sure, we, we did great strides by removing the Lee statue, uh, but mm. we were up against a, a lot of um, a lot of people from the other aisle that just were, were very um, against naming the park Oaklawn and, 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 you know, we had people from take back Oaklawn in the chamber. I mean, it was standing room only. Um, unfortunately it didn't go our way, but that's, you know, one way that, that, that I fought and will continue to fight for. Uh, another one was River Sean park, you know, all these parks that, that are part of the Oaklawn, uh, fabric, uh, you know, a baseball, uh, minor league team tried to come in and, and take, uh, one of our parks and put in a, 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 a multi-thousand um, seat stadium um, in something that is so special to, uh, to the what? community. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you not hear about this? No. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so, one, so there's, there's a baseball field at Riverside. Sure yeah. yes. um, it seats maybe about, uh, about 800 people or so, but in, and it has currently about 80 parking spots. And the developer wanted to come in uh, and wanted the city to give them this piece of land. It would still belong and be owned by the city, but they wanted to come in and put in a minor league, the number is anywhere between 5,000 and 3,000 seat stadium and have like 10 parking spots. Um, you guys know how congested River Sean is. It has one way in, one way out. Maple is, is backed up all the time. Uh, but the people who lived around it were, t you know, in including myself, you know, this is a neighborhood park that, that we go to just because there's sky rises and apartments doesn't mean because it's not a traditional family uh, type neighborhood doesn't mean no, that people but it's a very peaceful like right so so to that point is you know people go out there to meditate to do yoga just to relax and so you know the, the proposal was to bring in concerts and to bring in uh soccer matches uh uh baseball uh games uh you had that opportunity and then you took it to Arlington or whatever, wherever it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and uh, 
so, you know, that, that's just another example of, you know, where I, I'm going to be always um, listening to, to the nearby residents and, and, you know, making my, casting my vote uh, based on, on how the people are, um, the feedback that I'm getting from, from the immediate community. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's what I really appreciate about him is because, you know, it's not not to say that, you know, this is not an anti-development brigade. Sure. You know, that's not what this is, but it's it's about equity. It's about equality and it's about listening to the voices of the community. And that's yeah. what he does so well. Absolutely. It's the best choice for the community. And if you've ever used any of those parks or anything, this is why local elections are so important. Exactly. So I want to thank you both, Jesse Moreno and Raha Asadi, for being on our show tonight, yes, for thanks. discussing all of the issues, for giving your voice and putting it into the Oakland community and helping keep it fabulous. Yeah, sure. Thank, Thank you, you guys, guys for having me. Um, early voting, as Raha said, is happening right now. Uh, tomorrow through Friday, you can vote at any location throughout Dallas County from 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. Our two closest locations. Um, are going to be the Oakland Library yes. and River Sean Recreation Center. Uh, to learn more about my campaign, please go to my page, jessimodano.com. My cell number is 214-682-1633. Please call me if you have any questions or want to dive deeper onto some of my policy uh, platforms. I love that. Love that. Thank you for saying it's eight, not seven, because I would have shown up an hour early tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, so, it's open. Wow. The minute you grab coffee and, uh, yeah. and breakfast. So this <laughs> podcast is coming out 30 minutes before the polls open. So like the minute this comes out, just grab your coffee, head over there, get in a pre-work vote um, and do your part. Again, thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Raha. Thank you so much. Um, I'm hoping that everyone gets a chance to listen to this and and make the, the best decision they can, right? I mean, you can't make a decision without information. So get out there and vote. This has been a Homeless Modern Life production. Thanks for listening. If you want more, check out our sister show, HML Political Hookup, at HML Political Hookup on Instagram. If you want to see what we're up to, you can visit our website, homosmodernlife.com. And if you want to get in touch, you can reach out to us at homosmodernlife at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can cover your body with our merch at HML Shop on Instagram. If you're feeling generous, you can send us a cash tip on Venmo at Homo's Modern Life. Or send us a cash tip on Cash App, dollar sign Homo's Modern Life. Fare thee well. <laughs>